0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Les Bubka and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. My today's guest is Anna Kibler-Bubka, obviously my wife and uh, i was thinking about recording a series on martial arts couples so we both are martial artists Uh, my wife is second done in different systems so not under me we met via karate and we're gonna talk about um, our experiences good and bad funny and maybe not so much Uh, (laughs) (laughs) hello and welcome uh how are you
0: Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh,
1: can you? I'm uh, um, good, thank you. Um, can you give us some uh, background on you? So, why did you start karate? Um, when and all the other things?
0: Okay, um, so actually, the, the first martial art I started wasn't karate. Uh, I started doing judo when I was very young. I was about four years old, and to be honest, I have no real idea why. I was so young. My my parents just sent me to a martial arts class. Um, I did enjoy it, I always enjoy sports. Um, I started doing Aikido when I was about 10, and I really enjoyed that. And I started doing Karate when I was 11. um, And I found that I took to that slightly better than the Aikido I was doing at the time. I found it a lot easier just to kind of punch someone in the face (laughs) than um, worry about uh, a lot of Tai Sabaki and movement. so yeah, I started when I was about 11 years old. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the physical aspect of it, exercising. Also, I was with my friends, so it was a social aspect as well. Um, yeah, I liked going to competitions. Uh, I liked doing kata a lot. Um, and yeah, I found it, it was a, a good way to, to keep me fit and feel the sports I was doing in school. It was um, good. And i have just continued it throughout the rest of my life.
1: Mm. We, we are kind of, uh which I think we should say that on your side we are a much larger family so your dad as well um, he dragged you to uh, Aikido or he started Aikido with you and then he transferred to uh, so karate. he started
0: just after me so basically he took me to Aikido he was uh, my, my chauffeur, taxi um, and after sitting and watching me in classes the instructor I believe asked him if he wanted to join in um, and for those who aren't aware my father... Um, has got, uh, his right arm is paralysed following a motorcycle accident so I think he never really saw himself as being able to do martial arts so when he was invited to try I think he was surprised and jumped at the chance and um, hasn't stopped since. He's still training in his late 60s doing a different style of karate and I think he loves it. So so yeah, I initially took my dad I guess to martial arts but um, then his passion for it has kept me going all these years.
1: Yeah, it is. It is very impressive. Um, uh, those who don't know, Robin, Robin uh, moved to Thailand and uh, started Goju Ryu from scratch at age sixty plus, uh, which is mm-hmm. not most impressive to take take off your uh, black belt, uh, double black belt, and start from from front. Don't worry, I'm hope I'm gonna have him uh, have him on the podcast as well because um, he is a bit of an inspiration person, uh, overcoming the uh, disability aspects of training and just overall um positive um approach to training um but you are uh, are training in uh, Guilford club mm-hmm. and um you keep coming back you are now what, 20 30 years in that club
0: uh so i started training there in 93 so oh. what is that now oh, yeah 20 mm yeah nearly 20 years you're well. the engineer you <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that's 27 years isn't it uh, yeah it seems like quite a long time it doesn't seem that long but uh, yeah so yeah I started there when I was 11 years old and uh, I'll let you guess how old I am now. Mm. but it's been quite a long time um, so yeah you're asking why do I keep going back there or
1: yeah well, I, I keep always um, keep hearing from you that you, you really want to give back to the um, community and you like teaching kids and stuff like that which I don't Though, but yeah, you are very good with teaching children, and um, sure. is that your way um, to give back to, to community.
0: Yeah, so so I started training there when I was a child, and I had the benefit of having a lot of instructors, not just the chief instructor, but a lot of support instructors who helped to, to guide me and to to teach me and um, improve my training and my technique. Uh, so I think I started teaching when I was about nineteen. Um, and have since uh, done qualifications in martial arts coaching and for me, it, as you say, it was a great opportunity to give back to, to coach and teach children that were not dislike myself. Um, but also it's a way of improving my karate as well. I think one of the main things I've learned is that if you want to make sure you understand something is to try and teach it to somebody else. Yeah, so uh, that's been a very good Uh, learning experience for me as well uh, and trying to think of different ways of explaining things in such a way that everyone can benefit and to see um, children grow as they develop in terms of their karate uh, in terms of their skill and their confidence is um, fantastic for me I think there's no greater reward than to see someone who maybe was struggling with karate to begin with who was maybe shy and retiring to kind of go through that, become good at karate in terms of their abilities and skills and to more importantly have confidence and build friendships and relationships with the people they train with. So yeah, it's, it's incredibly rewarding. Mm.
1: It is, it is. Uh, I know that as well. Um, I always ask this question every every guest on my uh, podcast. Um, so what impact had or have the martial arts on your mental health?
0: Um, I think for me, Martial arts and doing regular martial arts training has given me um, stability, I think. It's always been there for me. So when my life has been somewhat um, troubled or I was having issues with all sorts of things, um, being able to go to the dojo, being able to train regularly, having that kind of release uh, has been uh, a great help to me. Um, not just in terms of the exercise and being able to get away from everything by just focusing on your training, but also in terms of the camaraderie and friendship with the people I've trained with for years um, having that support has been second to none um, it's been really good uh, and beneficial to my mental health
1: I think that's the important thing that you you've got the you are surrounded by the decent and good people who support you is the is the key to To improving your mental health or just uh, feeling that comfort and it doesn't matter if it's a karate or uh, any other sport or activity Would you agree? Sure,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I think if you've got that um, kind of social network that are Encouraging you to do well and to be positive. That's going to help you no end regardless of of what that network might be. Yeah Uh,
1: Excellent Um, And then children happened. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) And then it all went a
0: bit pear-shaped. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. sure. Um, So um, I know that uh, it it is stressful for you because I'm I'm still doing trainings you are not able to do because of uh, children. Uh, And and it's not that I'm stopping you from from training. It's just a little one at the moment is uh, actually not that bad, but uh, she was for some time very mom-orientated and... um, Mm -hmm suffering with that um um, what do you call it separation separation and anxiety so uh, i could go and do stuff and you couldn't couldn't do um so um, what's your approach with that um how has that experience (laughs) um, on you impacted you well
0: it's it's the joy of being a mother isn't it i mean um before we had children i think it's fair to say that karate and martial arts was a, a a very big part of my life we were training very regularly so if I wasn't working or just socializing I was training uh, or supporting my training with like going to the gym or whatever so having children completely changed all of that (laughs) I don't do any of that anymore Um, it's been it's been a challenge it's been frustrating Um, but you know our children are the most important thing in my life so although it is frustrating I know it's just a short-term thing Uh, I have been able to train a little bit um, since having Max, I was able to train mm. before having Lauren. I've trained a little bit since. Um, and it's my intention to go back to training uh, as as soon as is possible. Uh, obviously, the pandemic isn't helping mm. either. But, um, yeah, it, it's, been, it's been frustrating. And I think it's kind of shown me the, the benefit of having martial arts training as that being good for, for mental health and that when I haven't had it and I've been mm. kind of stuck at home taking care of the kids... It's, it's difficult to have that kind of positive support network, so um, yeah, I, I miss it, but uh, I know that it's only temporarily that I won't be training, so yeah, I just kind of grin and bear it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so um, you're a martial arts woman, uh, instructor as well, coach, teacher. Um, what is your thoughts on representation of women in the martial arts community? Because wherever mm. we look around, is mostly men, men, men. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not many uh, female... Uh, mm. uh, how to say it? Not well-respected. There, there are individuals who are well-respected, but it's mainly man-dominated environment. Yeah,
0: um, it's interesting you say that. So I remember certainly when I was young, so when I was competing... When, yeah, so when I was about twelve years old, I suppose you'd go to competitions, and there would be loads of boys there, mm. and they'd have lots of pools. And then you get to the girls section, you like, uh, is there anyone for me to fight? Mm. <laughs> um, it was very few girls. Um, certainly, over the years, I've seen that improve in that we are seeing a lot more girls. I think there's, um, if you kind of imagine a pipeline of girls mm. coming through and, and becoming women, I think there are more girls interested in martial arts, and it's not seen solely as a uh, uh, male sport, as it were, in terms of adults, I think there are definitely a lot more men, but I've been very lucky actually in most of the clubs that I've trained, not just in Guilford but also when I was at university, I trained in a variety of martial arts clubs, there were quite a few women um so I never felt like I was completely on my own. There've been a few instances where I've been the only woman on like training workshops or courses or seminars or whatever, but that's okay, you're going to get used to it um I guess for me as well because I'm an engineer i'm I'm used to being in a very male dominated environment it's kind of my uh, status quo really so for me it it doesn't impact me very much. I guess the only issue is when you're doing things like sparring um, there's no getting around it men are stronger than women mm. generally speaking obviously there are people who uh, are you know There are women that are much stronger than men, men that are not so strong and so on. But um, it can be very difficult (laughs) to Mm. fight a much larger opponent. Um, But, you know, it's all good training. And, um, as I say, you kind of get used to it. I would like to see more female role models. I think that would certainly help for um, girls who are training and coming through. Um, But, you know, we'll, we'll see. As I say, I'm happy to see more children, like more girls, being
1: represented in classes so who knows that might change going forward I, I suppose my my clubs are, are always kind of in opposition of that because i might not say it that way because usually when i since i started running clubs in poland and stuff i always got the always got the more girls than, than, <laughs> the, than the boys <laughs> i don't know uh at the moment our club as you know with tiesel and karate is uh about 70 to 30 women uh 70 percent of women compared mm-hmm. uh, with men, so um, I kind of don't see it that way. But uh, sure. I am aware that uh, it's you know male-dominated stuff, uh, the environment. And what would you think that uh, us as a man running the dojo um, should do to include more um, kind of girls and attract more girls to the club for training?
0: Oh, I don't know. That's a difficult question. Um, <sighs> it's really difficult to know in terms of what, like, activities you could do that would be more, um, suitable for, for girls or women, or more, um, amenable, I don't know, um, yeah, I guess the thing is to make it a very comfortable environment, one that's not, um, how do I say it? One that doesn't apply too much pressure to do well. So mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that um, if you're in a very competitive environment, perhaps women can feel that uh, they can't compete at the same level. As I was kind of saying about men generally being stronger than women, it's very difficult. I mean, in things like CATA, I believe you know we can compete on the same level, more or less. But in terms of strength, generally speaking, we're unable to compete at the same level. So if you're running classes that emphasise that is kind of um, supporting... Or uh, emphasizing those differences, so it can be very difficult. Whereas, if you have a more um, mixed set of exercises that you're doing that incorporate a variety of different skills, so uh, kind of um, what am I thinking, just uh, like agility exercises, so not just strength, looking at focusing and working on uh accuracy of techniques and so on those are things that women can do equally well Mm so i don't know just off the top of my head that's all Mm. i can think of but i think generally women who are drawn to martial arts would want to train pretty much in the same way i would suggest but i don't
1: know from the blog's point of view it's kind of um, a catch-22 because it's very difficult to attract um women to go into training when you've got only blogs Uh, Yeah So you you don't have that base Brave girls coming in And starting the Kind of breakthrough Mm -hmm. uh, With all the advertising and stuff You you have to either do Women's only class Mm -hmm. Which I kind of don't believe in Because if you're doing full inclusion It should be uh, Equal opportunities to men and women Mm. But then You know It's more more men And promoting that As an inclusion For women uh, It might be not something which women would like to take part in yeah. You know, nobody wants yeah. to be the first person in
0: i think it's sh- yeah you can see how intimidating it could be if you're the only woman coming into a completely male environment and you're new to the class as well yes that would be pretty bad
1: okay we're gonna pause for a second <laughs> and uh, i'm just gonna have a look at the little one okay so we're back the little one is sorted moving on <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: she's having milk she's good
1: <laughs> yeah joys of having a, a young family but it's all good all good um she went today a bit early to sleep um which is surprising so how he was bound, bound to uh come and bite us
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> um so we've been talking about inclusion uh about stuff let's let's talk about the Uh, kind of martial family Um, what are the benefits of um, being in a partnership where there's two martial artists and doing their own thing and what are the drawbacks
0: (laughs) Um, I think the the main benefit is empathy so because we have both trained for quite some time I think we understand each other especially when you want to go for a seminar or there's something particularly you want to work on or if you just want to take some time out to go and kind of think about something I can totally empathize with that situation because I've been in the same place and probably have similar thoughts so in that way um, I think it's a great benefit in that we understand each other perhaps a bit better certainly when I've seen um, friends who are in a relationship with someone who doesn't do martial arts sometimes that um, understanding is lacking and can mm-hmm. cause friction Um, So in terms of the drawbacks, (laughs) um, sometimes we disagree about certain things, um, either particular techniques or ways of thinking, but I guess that's good because it gives us a healthy debate. Mm. Um, Certainly I remember when we were looking at some of your blogs, um, when you started writing a blog on something like that. And I was helping you with some sort of the English, so I would ask you like, do you really mean this? <laughs> really? I'm not so sure about this, so uh, yeah, it's um, that's some interesting questions and debates.
1: Yeah, for everybody who's following me, the uh, stuff you're reading and um, listening to it is filtered and done by Anna, so you can say that it's none of the articles are mine, it's uh, it's <laughs> Anna, because uh, she's like, oh yeah, I think we should change that, oh you think so? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely changing that. So. I really should put somewhere that uh, work done by Anna. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think credit where credit's due. It's all your ideas. I'm just tidying up the English and then sometimes questioning did you really mean that? Are you yeah, sure th- that's what you meant?
1: <laughs> I think that's the, that's one of the problems with uh, always with my time frames because uh, I'll do best. I want to do as, as quick as possible. Anna got a full time job, um, which allows me to play with all that stuff, all the martial arts. Um, and then she has to do a. Uh, tidying up my uh, writing and my English, especially the written English is not up to scratch yet. i get there one day.
0: It's certainly improving. If I consider how you were a few years ago to where you are now, you're, you're definitely doing a lot better. So that's good from my
1: perspective. Yes. Yeah, so soon should be a few couple of books coming out, but uh, I'm not going to have time, so <laughs> yeah. don't chase me. G- grab her on the Facebook. Yeah. And,
0: uh I guess I won't be training for some time, yeah. huh? Right. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Uh, the other aspects I was gonna ask you it's um, uh, how do you um, compare the different train you've got that ability to uh, have me and we can test stuff together and my ideas your ideas Mm -hmm. and uh, how that impacted your own view of martial arts because obviously I've got a completely sometimes in opposition yeah um, a view on stuff, especially that with my background of wrestling and stuff, so I see things differently um how that kind of impacted you? Are you taking it on board are you are you sticking to your guns and
0: <laughs> I guess it depends on what the issue is, but um I certainly I remember when I first met you and started to train with you more and saw kind of your philosophy and the way you think about things so Whereas historically I've been perhaps a bit more traditional, so certainly in terms of my karate, the traditional Mm 3Ks, so kion, kata, kumite, and kind of learning by rote, if you like, so Mm. just repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, Then working or training with you and seeing that you're very much from the ground up, kind of assessing will a technique work from kind of body mechanics as opposed to being told this will work, you know, Mm -hmm. just go forth and practice it, was... A completely different viewpoint from my perspective. So in a way, it kind of blew my, um, my training out of the water. I spent so much time kind of repeating stuff that so I hadn't considered quite so much. Why am I doing this? Would it really work for me? And if it wouldn't work for me, how could I change it to make it work? Um, so overall, I think it's improved me as a martial artist. I still struggle to think the way that you do simply because of years of just repetition um so I don't think I stick to my guns particularly except for areas where I feel that um uh, I'm more confident doing something in that particular way. I'm certainly not as cuddly as you are. I I'm very, I struggle greatly with wrestling. I am much more of a visual person, mm-hmm. so I like to see someone and then hit them. That's basically my approach. So yeah, when you're in kind of clinch fighting or groundwork, I struggle a lot with that. But you know, it's it's an area that I would like to improve on. I um, will never be particularly great at it, but hopefully it will give me a better, make me a more well-rounded martial artist yeah. perhaps.
1: Well, you do like kicking, and you're kicking very well to the head.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why I like fighting at distance, because then I can just kick you. <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. Although, yeah, I'm half Thai, but I uh, never studied Muay Thai, but uh, maybe I just <laughs> drawn to kicking people in the head. <laughs>
1: um, So you've you done several things. You have seen pictures and, and stuff when you're training. You've done some Kung Fu, you've done Aikido, you've done Judo, mm-hmm. you've done Savate, I think. You tried yeah, tried Savate, about, yeah, yeah. Um, are you saying Sevat? So we're saying in Polish. Um,
0: well, that's how the French pronounced it. Right? <laughs> yeah, wow. <well, laughs>
1: what do they know? <laughs> well, well, it's, it's French kickboxing, so. <laughs> yes, <I'm serious>. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, why, why returning back to karate? What karate you've got that it hooks you on? Uh,
0: that's a good question. I guess it's. I um...
1: well, just to give you time to think because I can't answer that question. I really don't know why uh, why I'm coming back to karate and always. Uh, it's somewhere there inside lingering but I cannot put specific measures on it
0: I think partly because it feels so comforting maybe because I've done it for so long especially having done it a lot as a child Um, although uh, as I said I did Aikido I started Aikido before I did Karate but I don't feel that same kind of bond with it I suppose whereas with Karate um, a lot of it just comes more naturally to me having said that I mean I have enjoyed training in Kung Fu in a variety of different styles and I think If I were to have uh, Kung Fu classes near to us Mm -hmm. that were um, comparable to Karate, I think I probably would do Kung Fu more, Um, but yeah, I think there's the element of having that comfort of training in a style that I'm familiar with, Mm -hmm. but also there's the practicalities of having a club that I think is very good, very close to me, so um, uh, it's, it's convenience, I suppose, Um, which is maybe not the best answer, but it's the one that uh, draws me back, especially now that we've got a young family. Mm. Being able to go to a club that's just a few minutes away is a great benefit. Um, So yeah, so I think there's the having grown up with it and being comfortable with it uh, and the convenience of it. Neither of which are probably great reasons in terms <laughs> of your my martial arts development, but uh, yeah, those are probably the reasons why I do it.
1: So you, you I, I know that when we met, you went to Thailand for half the year uh, mm-hmm. training, and you've been training kung fu there with the uh, instructor who was um, really the Shaolin monk or, or in a display group or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So my question is, um, who was the which of the teachers or who you met on your on your way mm-hmm. um, being the most influential in, in your martial arts? Ooh, um, ah, that's a
0: good question.
1: Um, I know I only ask good questions. <laughs> <laughs> that you would asked, be terrible if, 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 a, if a guest said um, that. Uh, no, that's a really horrible <laughs> question. I'm not answering um, it.
0: <laughs> I've had so many interesting teachers and they've given me guidance or been role models in completely different ways. I've had teachers that I respect for their ability yeah. in terms of their like, technical ability in martial arts, and I've looked at them to see, okay, well, how are they doing particular techniques? Can I emulate in that in some way? Other teachers I've really looked at as role models in terms of their approach to life and their philosophy about how to treat people. And I think certainly when I was younger, um, uh, seeing people who had very good attitudes towards other people, so being inclusive, being thoughtful, um, being polite, that sort of thing, uh, was great. Um, Especially because I suppose most of the time when I was younger I had a lot of female role models, especially in school we tend to have a lot of female teachers, whereas in martial arts, because it's Mm -hmm. predominantly male-dominated, all my instructors were men. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, seeing role models who... um, yeah made you think to to be polite to others to be respectful I think that's one of the main things I found with especially in perhaps Japanese martial arts is respect Mm -hmm. respect for others respect for the art itself respect for yourself um kind of learning those things was very important to me but can I pin it on an individual instructor probably not because there were so many um I kind of see uh benefits coming from all of them um has there been one instructor that's most influential in my life? I suppose I'd have to say uh, Sensei Brian Shrub. Mm. So he was the, the main instructor in Guildford. Um, so he's been teaching me the most for the longest period. And yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, when you see my style of karate and you see his, we're very similar. I mm. think I, I emulate him a lot. uh and you know, for me that's a great benefit because he's not that much different in size to me as mm. well so whereas a lot of the karate instructors I've had are significantly larger than I am to try and execute techniques, especially sparring in the same way that they do would be incredibly difficult for me and yeah, it wouldn't work so mm. um, yeah, probably Sensei Brian, uh, probably the most influential um, but then yeah, I've had very interesting Senseis in university um, in Thailand as well as you say But also I did Tai Chi in Thailand, Mm -hmm. which was um, yeah a complete eye opener to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Having done kind of very uh, competitive sports, to then do Tai Chi and realise how difficult that is as well, that was a a real surprise to me. So Um, yeah.
1: So uh, um, changing, staying with the subject of martial arts and and, uh, family, um, how it is to live with person like myself so I, i've got few <laughs> few other friends I, i'm hoping to get them on podcast as well where mm-hmm. where do they do run the dojos together we are not running dojo together because and i've got the full-time job so so it's kind of my side of things and i'm kind of um uh, have a creative spurs i suppose yeah <laughs> fits and then i want to do a million things at once i mm-hmm. uh, was usually uh not uh, not usually not always come to fruition um but um how it is to live with person who is dedicated to martial arts and sometimes is really pulling their way a bit too much i'm aware of that but i'm not able to (laughs) stop myself Uh, you put some light on that
0: Well, I think it's fair to say you're very passionate about what you do and you're very passionate about martial arts um, and your training and how you help your students and so on. And that's great. I mean, if you were not interested in those things and not being creative and thinking new ways, then I'd be like, hey, maybe you should go out and think of different things to do. Um, So in a way, it's great because I can see that you're really loving what you do from someone who's got to kind of work and take care of the kids as well it's a little bit frustrating it's like yeah could you just wait a minute and I'll get back to you but um yeah no it's it it's great because it kind of gives me that drive that maybe I should be more creative and thinking about how I do things as well um And I think, actually, we're very lucky in that you always put your family first. So, for example, if you wanted to go and do a particular seminar, either one that you're running or attend someone else's, you always kind of ask for permission first, (laughs) which is great, and kind of justify why you want to go. Um, So from my perspective, the only thing I really feel is kind of jealousy because I think, I'd like to do those things too. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's great having you about and you thinking about those things and you're discussing them because it kind of spurs on my passion for it as well. Um, Otherwise, I think it would be easy for me to just kind of get a bit down in the dumps in terms of work and Mm. childcare and so on. So, no. although it can be a bit frustrating at times, it's generally very positive. So, thank you.
1: Just want to clarify because Anna keeps saying, "Oh, I'm taking care of ch- ch- that." She's taking care of children. That's not completely true because she's <laughs> eight hours a day at work, and I'm staying with children. That's my main job at the moment. <laughs> Just want to put that in there. Yeah, of children first, and then everything else.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's very fair. I should say you are the, the, <laughs> the main childcare uh, parent, <laughs> to be honest. But it, no, it's more a case of when you're training or when you're going away somewhere else, and obviously, uh, I'm taking care of the
1: kids then. So coming to children, um, what do you think? Should they do martial arts or will they do martial arts (laughs) or is it up to them freedom? My viewpoint is uh, as much as I would like to have them doing martial arts, it's completely up to them. Max at the moment, the older one is uh, expressing about three seconds of I wanna do that with you and then three seconds later is now it's boring I'm going to do my stuff <laughs> and Lauren is more of a wrestler at the moment so she tries to tackle, <laughs> tackle me down and up do you think um, that we're gonna impose on them martial arts <laughs>
0: um, I would never impose martial arts on anyone or force them to do anything. The only thing I would do is encourage them into sports. I mean, when I was young, I didn't just do martial arts. I did a whole variety of sports, especially at school. Um, and they were beneficial to me in a whole variety of ways, especially team sports. So things like hockey, netball, basketball, that sort of thing. Um, so the main thing I would encourage them to do, and which, what we are doing, is to, to do exercises that provide groundwork for anything they want to do later so they're doing gymnastics they're doing swimming for me those are more important at this time because they're only little Mm. (laughs) if they decide they want to do any form of martial art later in life that's great um Mm. then we can have maybe something to talk about but if they decide they don't want to that's absolutely fine as well as i say the only thing i think is that it's important to um uh, engage in exercise because you think healthy body healthy mind um doesn't matter what kind of exercise they're doing so long as they're doing something that would be my main uh, takeaway from that uh, I certainly wouldn't impose karate or any other martial art on them although looking at it I suspect Lauren is either going to be a wrestler or a rugby player
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah she does like the, the, does like to play rough <laughs> she's good at tackling,
0: uh, yeah. considering she's so small she's very good at tackling so
1: <laughs> uh, what do you think is um, going to be impact on a club's and overall, maybe sports, not, des- not necessarily martial arts. Um, after the pandemic, COVID thing gonna go away because you see how much changes I, I need to do in a club. <laughs> and when you're going back to your club, that's gonna be probably different as well. Um, what do you think gonna happen? Is it gonna be more people coming to a training because they missed the uh, movement or is it gonna be, we're gonna lose people because of so many restrictions mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And God bless Qatar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah solo training uh, you know I have no idea I really don't know because not only are we seeing okay so after the pandemic initially there will be obviously a lot less contact we'll have to maintain social distancing but also what we've seen is that people are able to actually engage in sports online through online mm. courses and so on and it's not the same not physically being there but in some cases especially for people who are Um, particularly anxious maybe about going to a a place to do sports um, or maybe uh, don't have as much time so actually the travel time to get there and back might be somewhat problematic actually having online courses is um, perhaps a good thing so I don't know, I don't know whether clubs will continue to offer a variety of ways of training so not just physically being in a dojo but also offering online courses or classes even so to live classes or, or content um i don't know uh i guess time will tell mm. i don't know whether people will not want to rush back simply because of fear over the spread of the virus or whether people will rush back because they've been in lockdown so long that actually they just want to get out um it's difficult to say to be honest uh watch this space Mm. I guess maybe in about a year's time we might start to see what the results are but even then that might be too early Um, certainly I think martial arts any practical martial arts anyway requires the ability to physically hold a person so either to throw them or whatever Um, so you can't really take away from that but whether there's other training methods we could use in the meantime that better support training I don't know (laughs) Um. (laughs) yeah we'll see I suppose
1: so uh, I'm going to wrap that up I don't have any more questions except one Um, what's the future plans for you um, in relation to martial arts kids getting older Mm -hmm. we're getting a bit more time uh, they're more capable of staying with one of us what's your your training um, plans
0: so my plan is to go back to regular training so at least once a week Uh, so previously I was doing like at least two three classes a week plus going to the gym so (laughs) to do just one class a week is a step in the right direction from my perspective so yeah I'd like to go back to training at least once a week in the dojo Um, maybe doing some fitness training alongside that but kind of working around my job and childcare arrangements and so on so yeah that's that's my initial plan and see how it goes from there really yeah, I don't know how my body will respond <laughs> to training after kind of quite a gap off and having two kids. So, uh, yeah, again, we'll see. I'll play it by
1: ear. <laughs> mm, I think that um, uh, as a family plans, we can say that uh, in the future you can see Anna on more of my seminars. So we're going to be teaching together. That's the plan. Travelling together, uh, get rid of the children and... Uh, <laughs>
0: No, no, they can come with us. I have a, well,
1: if they're going to do my shows and stuff, well, or as a family holiday or something, but, um, yeah, I would like to grab uh, Anna more with me, and uh, I've got a few friends who are couples and doing seminars together, and uh, having kind of a male-female look on the stuff which we're doing, and uh, kind of um, speak more to the different genders during the seminar, so I'm not usually that great with... Uh, Targeting all the people and sometimes I do my mistakes and uh, having somebody who is uh, Kind of on opposite side or maybe different perspective. It's, it's very useful. So I always enjoy teaching with Anna um, uh, Usually my last question is where to find you. But I know you're a very private person mm-hmm. uh, And you don't want to be found by people too much on, <laughs> your, on your stuff due to your job and, and stuff um, So if you have a contact with Anna uh, find Les bubka. <laughs> Give me a question. <laughs> uh, turn around and ask her. Um, as well, um, should we add anything else? I think. You want to add anything else? Uh,
0: I can't think of anything particularly. Just to say thank you for this opportunity to to talk to you
1: about martial uh, arts. I, f- um, I, I think we need we all, since Brian, a bit of a promotion of his club, as you've been saying, mm-hmm. how great he was for you. Where to find them?
0: Uh, so yeah the the Guilford Seiki Karate Club um, obviously in the lockdown are are training online but uh, typically they train at the Guilford Spectrum on Tuesdays and Fridays Uh, I believe Sensei Brian has taken a step back from the club now so it's going to be Sensei Chris Brown running the club but I'm sure I I know Sensei Chris quite well I'm sure it'll be a great club uh, to train at once we get back to training Um, so yeah Guilford Spectrum
1: so it's a uh, uh, seiki juku karate yeah uh, so. they are present on the facebook and they've got a website i'll put the links down below in the description thank you Anna, very much for being my guest thank you um and i'm gonna go back and do the washing up good job <laughs> <laughs> i'm
0: gonna go and take
1: care
0: of the kids see if any of them work it up <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you very much bye bye